0: Yes, indeed. We are off and rolling with a brand new college basketball season in full swing, including conference play every which direction. Welcome in to our first installment in 2020 of College Basketball Coast to Coast. I am your host, TJ Reeves. I cannot do this podcast alone. I got special guests coming up. A great insight from Mark Wise of ESPN and their platform's of college basketball coverage. Mark working the American Conference and the Southeastern Conference primarily this time of year. He's a tremendous resource. He's been with me for years on these shows, on the live March games and the coverage of the NCAA tournament. Look forward to talking with Mark a little bit later on in the show. Matt Zimek will also be here. Love Matt's insight from out west based in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Love talking western basketball with him. Got to find out more about San Diego State. The Aztecs out of the Mountain West are undefeated one of the top teams right now in college basketball. How good are they? Uh, what about their chances to run the table, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Mark will weigh in. Matt Zemeck will weigh in as well. Matt wants to talk some Pac-12, too, uh, where it is a jumbled mess, but still some, some very interesting teams uh, at the top of the Pac-12, like Arizona, like Oregon. They're playing each other later in the week. Uh, depending on when uh, that you might be hearing us here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. So Matt Zimmick coming up to talk about those. A little background uh, on me about this. I'm a humongous college basketball fan, have been since being a little guy, some four decades worth of watching this, have now been to, let me see, about 18, 17 or 18 Final Fours. We were there in Minnesota when the Virginia Cavaliers were crowned champions uh, last April with that dramatic win in Old. Overtime against Texas Tech, phenomenal Elite Eight, great and and fantastic finishes. Elite Eight and Final Four, Virginia back in as the defending champs. So, we'll talk some about that ACC with Duke. Uh, with uh, North Carolina being down a little bit, how deep is it? Florida State, we'll make some mention of that as the program goes on. Big Ten is obviously also strong. Matt's going to mention that a little bit. I caught some of the Michigan State win over rival uh, Michigan. How good is Ohio State? Uh, They had that early season win at North Carolina, but they've had some struggles since then. And across the board, whether it's American Conference, where my, my Memphis Tigers are, they took a tough loss to Georgia, but Memphis is going to be one of the better teams that would appear in the American Conference, despite not having James Wiseman, the big man who was ruled ineligible, who has now decided, I'm not even going to play after my suspension from the NCAA, I'm just going to go to the NBA, not going to play the second half of the year at all. But still, the Tigers have some talent. Uh, American Conference that also has Houston. Uh, it has Wichita State, who Memphis will play midweek. Of course, UCF was the NCAA tournament darling last year that battled Duke tooth and nail. Um, always intriguing there with uh, with the American, with uh, UConn and some of the others. Uh, that are in the, uh, in the American Conference, Cincinnati, uh, with new coach John Brannon, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So, uh, a little American conference talk. Mark's going to have some Southeastern conference talk, uh, as well. We do our best to cover it. Uh, from the Big East to the Pac-12, from the SEC to the Big 12, from the Big Ten to the Mountain West. We're all over it here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. A reminder uh, here that if you have not already subscribed to the podcast, you can find College Basketball Coast to Coast through Spreaker, through the online links. You can subscribe through the Spreaker service. It's also available as well on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. This podcast will come to you automatically, tipping We'll come off the weekend with a Monday or maybe Tuesday podcast, and then typically a preview headed into the weekend, give or take, heading all the way through January, all the way through February, and then in March we go intensive, where you will have repeated live shows, college basketball, coast-to-coast, and podcasts. Keep up with all of it by subscribing. Go to iTunes, go to Spreaker, go to Google Podcast and subscribe. Just look up college basketball coast to coast. Subscribe. And also rate and review. It'll it'll move it up in the rankings, especially on iTunes where more will find it. Same thing with Spreaker. Give us a nice review. It'll move up through their service as well. So again, great ways to find the show, but it comes automatically to your phone, to your iPad, etc. if you subscribe. So subscribe to the podcast, get on it, uh, jump aboard. All right, so with that out of the way, let's get to our guests here and break down all the hoops midweek in the little bit of the recap mode, but primarily in the preview mode upcoming here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. I know it is time for college basketball whenever I start calling and texting this man and getting replies and responses. What are we doing? When's the show? When do you need me? I'm in an airport. I'm at a game. What's going on? The coach, Mark Wise, is back with me. Happy New Year, and we're back doing what we've done for a lot of different years. It's good to be back with you and talking some college hoops, my friend.
1: Happy New Year to you, TJ. I am on the road today, but uh, I always make the time because, guess what, it's hoop junkie time, this time of the year when – we, we turn our attention away from that other sport in the fall, and we get focused on the round ball.
0: I uh, know. We're dwindling on the number of uh, oblong balls that are that are going to be in the air for the football season. And now college basketball takes over. At the time that we are talking, you are off of a weekend assignment where you worked, what, Wichita State and Ole Miss in this American conference, SEC conference, kind of showdown, challenge, whatever they're calling it, the, the one-game uh, scenarios for all right. the different teams that were playing. So g- give me a thought. Wichita State's having a good year. You saw them up close against Ole Miss.
1: Well, this scheduling alliance between the two conferences was designed, I think, to create some, some meaningful, national, relevant games, uh, maybe even in January, which we don't always get in the non-conference. So... Uh, four games, the four teams, the four SEC teams that are not in the SEC Big 12 Challenge are in this scheduling alliance. I did have the old Miss at Wichita State game. Oddly enough, out of the four games, three games were won by teams on the road. Uh, Houston beat South Carolina a month ago, and then on Saturday, Georgia Uh, uh, won. Oh, did I need to bring that up? uh, At Memphis. Memphis, At Memphis, Memphis, yeah. Memphis gets a pass because Jeffries didn't play. You've got to be at full strength for that to really count, I think. And then the other uh, game, SMU had a great comeback at um, Vanderbilt Lake Saturday night. The only home team that won in these four Alliance games was the game I had, Wichita State. A lot to like about this Shocker team. They've got two sophomores in Stevenson and Burden who have made quantum leaps in their game. They've got two dynamic freshmen. Etienne is one of the best three-point shooting freshmen in the country. Combine him with what Shurfield gives them. It's a deep team, and it's more like the team that we're used to seeing from Greg Marshall. They're ranked now. The Roundhouse is hopping and guess what they have coming up this week. <laughs> oh yeah, the uh, Tigers come to da, town. Da, 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 on da, night da,
0: to- go Tigers go and they go they go to Wichita and this is a pretty good early season matchup in the American. I know you're going to work a lot of American games here over the next right. few weekends. This is a very interesting Thursday night game in the preview mode real quick.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, again, uh, Wichita State ha- has is defending at a higher re- level than they did a year ago. They're more dynamic on offense. But if you're going to play Memphis, here's what I know. You better get comfortable being uncomfortable. They are not a connect-the-dot team. And what I mean by that, they're not uh, going to get the ball in the half court and, and say, OK, we're going to run this play or that play. They're as good as any team in the country, in my opinion, at moving the ball ahead. You must get back in transition, D. If there was a ticket you could give me around the country on Thursday night, this would be the one I would want to see, especially in the environment. That's what's going to be the uh, Charles Koch Arena, or as we like to call it, the Roundhouse.
0: Yeah, that, that place has been renovated. And again, Marshall's team was down uh, at least last year, and now they are back around. We, of course, they had the, uh, the magical couple of seasons there where they went to the Final Four, had the unbeaten year all the way to the NCAA tournament, so he's got him back that'll be a very interesting game uh, again you're working an SEC game midweek depending on when they're hearing us here on college basketball coast to coast Alabama right. and Mississippi State check out uh, Mark if you're hearing it in time on the Wednesday night SEC network coverage Alabama off a double overtime game with Florida. I know part of your duties Florida Gators radio uh, throughout your your uh, your broadcast endeavors that was a wild game Saturday we saw Duke win. Right. Saturday night over Miami, we saw San Diego State stay unbeaten, winning at Utah State. There are two unbeaten San Diego State winning at Utah State. Auburn also won on the weekend. They're undefeated. Those teams are in action midweek here, Mark. Uh, In fact, both coming on Wednesday night with Auburn hosting Vanderbilt. San Diego State is on the road at Wyoming, which is winless, 0-4 in the Mountain West. We suspect Auburn at home, San Diego State against a winless team to both stay undefeated. I know you're intrigued by both of these, the last two unbeatens.
1: Well, the only thing I would say is that it's always dangerous when you go play Wyoming at altitude. And at 7,000 feet, over the years, Wyoming has had more than their share of success against San Diego State. But I I think this is the best San Diego State team in the last five years I think they're really dynamic. I don't think a lot of people know how good they are right now. They're ranked number one in the net. Um, So from that standpoint, they're on track. And and I don't know where they're going to lose. I mean, right now, after winning at Utah State, you would think that would have been probably the best chance in the league for them to get knocked off. And, yes, I know it's league play. They've still got to go to places like New Mexico. They've still got to go to – places like UNLV even though this is a down year for them but these are hard places to play so I'd be shocked if they go undefeated I just don't know where it's going to happen though.
0: Well and the, you you said two intriguing things you, you probably wouldn't know they're number 1 in the net ranking that's the new uh, NCA system on how they judge you against your schedule your strength schedule and how many people don't know and don't remember that Steve Fisher's not the coach anymore at San Diego right. State right. so it's a great well, kind of you know get to know them right now in this unbeaten run
1: and they've got a yeah they've got a elite Point guard in Malachi Flynn, the transfer from Washington State, he's going to be a a handful for anybody. But he makes that team go. He makes them a. He's a difference maker. He's a clutch performer. So from that standpoint, uh, you've got to address how you're going to guard Flynn and try to keep the ball in front of him. And these guys defend man. They get after you. They don't allow any easy passes on the half court. So. Uh, Teams in the Mountain West are are going to find out how good the Aztecs are, and as the season goes along, the rest of the country is going to learn that as well.
0: Yeah, they're 15-0, and and as you mentioned, not a great strength of schedule out of the conference, and you wonder who can beat them. They do have road games like at UNLV, like you mentioned, at Fresno, at the Pit in Albuquerque as the year goes on. We'll keep an eye on San Diego State. I know near and dear, back to the SEC, the last time that you associated with me in person was at the Final Four in Minnesota, right. where Virginia won the whole thing, and Auburn got to the Final Four, and Bruce Pearl has got them back undefeated. Again, they are playing midweek on Wednesday night. Give me a thought right now on Auburn uh, to this point, unbeaten. I am
1: really impressed with how they have been able to replace, you know, the the losses of Okiki, um, uh, of, of Bryce Brown, of, of Harper at the point. Uh, Samir Dowdy, a, a name that I don't think a lot of basketball hoop junkies are familiar with, he's having an all-American kind of year for Auburn. They're as tough to guard as any team in the country because of their willingness to take the three ball at any point in time, whether you're talking about transition or in the half court. They run that high flex set that I, that I like to call it where they spread you out from sideline to sideline. And then the, the, the other part of the equation that they have really gotten much better in is the play of Austin Wiley, the six foot 6'10", foot eleven mm-hmm. center who for the first time is giving them a legit block-to-block presence on the half court. So, TJ, you know, the scouting part of my coaching background always asks this question of teams. How many different ways can you beat my team? And this Auburn team can beat you in a lot of different
0: ways. Love it. Another moment with Mark. Uh wise love coach wise here on a college basketball coast to coast podcast you can follow him at mw hoops on social media he is a great follow again depending on when you're hearing us he is working the midweek alabama mississippi state game uh, in the sec what do you have on the weekend american conference just real quick plug away
1: i am i have a, a great home opportunity for tulsa uh because they host houston it's my first look at kelvin sampson's new look houston team and we talked a little bit about Wichita State and Memphis. I think the other part of the first tier in the American right now is Houston. I put those three teams on tier one, and then I, I think there's a gap, and and then teams are going to be jumbled in that conference. So I'll get a, you know, I've, I've got to look at Wichita State. I'll get to see Houston at Tulsa uh, on Saturday. So looking forward to that as well.
0: Well, and again, in the preview mode, we've got an Ohio uh, State-Maryland game at Maryland again for Tuesday night, depending on when you're hearing us, You may already know if that was a good game, a bad game, whatever. Uh, You also are intrigued by Baylor-Texas Tech Tuesday night in the Big 12. We'll watch out for that one with Baylor ranked fourth in the country, and Texas Tech not bad either Uh, at 22 off the Final Four last year. They lost some guys. Uh, but Chris Beard's got them back in the top 25. And then on Wednesday night, Duke off the huge win Saturday at Miami will now play Georgia Tech who got out to the huge lead and then hung on to win in Chapel Hill. So Duke at Georgia Tech as well uh, on Wednesday night, as well as those Auburn and San Diego State unbeaten matchups in the top 25. We got, we got balls in the air everywhere. We got hoops all over the place, my friend. I know we're loving it.
1: Yeah, it's one of the things that I I, I keep talking about. I'm wondering, T.J., if in this day and age of college basketball, and I'm going to go back to North Carolina and Cole Anthony being out, um, I looked at at headlines the other day, and I have seven headlines on the ESPN website. Four of them had to do with injuries. I'm just wondering if we are over-practicing and over-training players at this point in time it seems to me like we have more players hurt around the country than ever before somebody's got to address that
0: well and it's a great point that you make that there are some coaches that understand being able to take care of their guys and let up on them especially this time of the year and there are other ones that apparently don't understand it as much and grind on them And you and I, without saying it, know a few of those that will grind on them and grind on them, and guys get hurt. So who can stay healthy? One of Mark's factors always for the NCAA tournament is who's healthy. Right, Coach Wise? Who's healthy? So let's see who can stay healthy. Um, uh, Here's we roll. All right, Alabama, Mississippi State for you on the midweek, on the weekend again, Tulsa and Houston. Mark Wise, I always love the chats. I look forward to more and more conversations with you on college basketball coast-to-coast, Mighty One. Thanks, TJ. Love the basketball breakdown across the board, across the country. That's why it's coast to coast. Let's swing out west. Again, I am based in the state of Florida. A lot of people think I'm based in the state of confusion. As I like to say, I am based in the state of Florida, in west central Florida. This man keeps me less confused. He is Matt Zimick. Uh, who does a whole bunch of writing and broadcasting, but I hone in on the college hoops with him. In particular, he's writing some for the Badger Wire, the USA Today Badger Wire online site right now. Badgers have Illinois coming midweek, but I want to talk to him about all things, including Western basketball as well. Happy 2020. We're back to the college hoops. All is right with the world, my friend.
2: Happy New Year, TJ. I always thought you were in a state of Memphis going back to the 1980s at the Mid-South Coliseum under Dana Kirk.
0: Yes, you do realize, now that you make reference to that and we digress, that Memphis lost a game to Georgia Saturday, which was the first time in over 100 games A hundred games when they were in the top ten and the opponent was unranked as Georgia was. And I believe that's going back to Dana Kirk and the Mid-South Coliseum in the 1980s when they were in the top ten all the time. How incredible is that reference to come forward, uh, especially to what Calipari did with uh, with all of his runs, et cetera, et cetera? Kind of Larry Finch in the middle. If you're a Memphis guy, you know recently Josh Pastner, eh? Tubby Smith, eh? Penny Hardaway's there now, but you got to go back like 30 years to the last time they were in the top 10 and lost to an unranked team at home, and it may very well have been the Mid South Coliseum for my then Memphis State Tigers, Matt Zimmick.
2: Well, you know, for listeners of College Basketball Coast to Coast, you might say that TJ and I planned this, but no, we didn't. <laughs> this was all off the cuff.
0: Yeah, well, you I know, didn't
2: know you were going to bust that
0: out. No, but I mean, if anybody thinks they're a script, they must actually think that we have brains and plan this stuff. Of course we don't. We're <laughs> off the cuff the entire time. Um, all right, so I'm bringing you in kind of as a follow-up to Mark Wise uh, about the midweek games. Again, he is working Alabama-Mississippi State. He saw Wichita State out of the American. Speaking of the American and the SEC, he saw Wichita State uh, defeat Ole Miss. That was the only American team that won a home game out of this whole series with the SEC. The SEC had a lot of success with the American teams uh, on the road. Uh, all right, so I'm going to bring this to you. He, he referenced San Diego State. You are out west. A lot of debate about whether they can finish undefeated. Educate us a little bit more on San Diego State and their chances to maybe go unbeaten. A lot of conference games still to go, but what about it, Matt? What do you think?
2: Well, the, the the calling card for San Diego State has been a very, very nasty defense, and people will recall the 2011 San Diego State team. It had a guy you might remember, Kawhi Leonard. I think uh,
0: I've in, heard of him. Yes, continue.
2: Yeah, from time to time, here and there, scattered mentions, yeah. So that team got a number two seed, and that team was able to play defense the way this 2020 team seems to be able to do. It seems as though this, these Aztecs in 2020 are playing defense at a 2011 caliber. And so that, that is really what's fueling the the San Diego State engine. I mean they, the, the Aztecs went into Logan and shut down a Utah State team that you know was nationally ranked at the start of the season coming off last year's Mountain West Conference Championship season under Coach Craig Smith, San Diego State won that game decisively this past weekend. Uh, and, and that really, uh, among all the road trips that San Diego State is going to make in the Mountain West, that, that was the number one. That was the toughest threat. So that do, it doesn't mean it's smooth sailing from here on out, but it does mean that the Aztecs have already answered some very tough questions it's just going to be a matter of will they run into that really tough, that really bad night, which you know is bound to happen in the long slog through the regular season. You know, can, Are the Aztecs going to be able to survive that night whenever it comes when they don't have their best fastball?
0: Hmm. Oh, we'll see. And again, they play at Laramie. I know Mark did not say this. His son, Matt Wise, is on the staff there. And even though they've had a bit of a down start to the season, it's conference play. We'll see if San Diego State is up to the challenge. And they still have uh, road games coming again at UNLV, at New Mexico later in the year, at Boise State, finish the year at Nevada. So it's not just a given uh, here that they win all of those games on the road. Uh, We will find out what kind of chance they have to be unbeaten. Um, All right, I want to stay with the Western topic because you also uh, come to us with all things Pac-12 out in the West. In particular, in the preview mode, best Pac-12 game is probably Thursday night. Again, they should be hearing this in advance of Thursday, but even if they have not, you now know what happened with Washington and Oregon playing Thursday night. Right now, we're in the preview mode, Matt Zimmick. Size this up, and if you have a thought or two about those two teams out west.
2: Well, when considering Washington and Oregon, and you also have Arizona in the mix, um, you know The Pac-12 has gotten off to a crazy start. First off, if, if, if you were going to say that Washington was going to split its home games against UCLA and USC, you would, you would have said that USC was going to be the team to pick off Washington, not UCLA, which had been horrible and had suffered several bad losses. But of course, naturally, UCLA is the team that upset Washington and Seattle, and then the Huskies, who were really mad turned around and, and crushed USC by more than 30 points. So that's one plot twist. And the other plot twist is that Oregon, it's kind of like a Pac-12 football. Washington never plays well at Stanford while in basketball. Oregon never plays well at Colorado in Boulder. Uh, the Ducks never, ever seem to play well uh, in Colorado, and they lost against the Buffaloes. But then Oregon State turns around and, and, and beats Colorado on the road uh, a few days later so the Pac-12 is a complete jumble. And we, we've we seen this before in the Pac-12. Recall Arizona State, you know, beating number one Kansas out of conference two straight years and then getting shredded in the Pac-12 regular season schedule. You know, so what happens in December often does not carry into January and February at all uh, for various Pac-12 programs. So we're already in a in a jumbled state, which really is a microcosm of the larger reality in national college basketball. I mean, it's very similar in the Big Ten, you know, with everybody trading uh, losses home and away. Uh, So, you know, the Pac-12 is a mystery right now. And so this is a a prove-it moment for Oregon. You know, Oregon needs to establish itself as the big dog. Uh, The the Ducks, by splitting that Colorado-Utah road trip, not the start that they wanted, Uh, But now they come home to Eugene, they get a a chance to reestablish themselves.
0: And I misspoke. It is Arizona, Oregon. I thought one thing, I said another. Uh, Washington is playing Stanford. It is Arizona, Oregon, and Arizona just whacked uh, Arizona State in the rivalry game uh, on the weekend. Um, All right, so size that matchup up. up. Again, we're in the preview mode. Uh, What kind of chance do the Wildcats have in Eugene? You give them a good shot?
2: I give them a decent shot just because we're in such an unsettled pac 12 race, and such an unsettled college basketball season. I don't think teams know exactly who and what they are. You know, Oregon won at Michigan in non-conference play. You might remember that. Yep. And you know, Michigan had just gotten through you know winning uh, Atlantis. You know, beating North Carolina, scoring some other high-end wins. Beat Gonzaga. So, you know, it seemed as though Michigan was the number one seed at the time. At I least mean, there was a lot of talk. I mean, Michigan had what looked like a great resume at the time. But, but Michigan has really cooled off since then. It's been a very different Michigan team over the past month. And so with teams changing their identities so much, TJ, a similar example, Ohio State. You know, Ohio State beat North Carolina by 25 in Chapel Hill. At the time, we thought, whoa, Ohio <laughs> State looks like, you know, the big cheese and then Ohio State looked absolutely wretched the past two weeks. So we don't really know what these teams in the Pac-12 or anywhere, anywhere else, we don't know what they really are. We don't know their identities. They, they haven't really settled into any kind of linear pattern that we can recognize and say, hey, this is the trajectory of that team. The results are just pinballing all over the place with no rhyme or reason. So, it's really hard to get a feel. And, it was, you know, along those lines, then, that gives Arizona, I think, a better chance in Eugene rather than a worse chance just because Oregon hasn't really settled yet. You know, the, the Ducks are the clear preseason choice to win the Pac 12. I don't think many people would dispute that with Dana Altman being, in my mind, clearly the best coach in the conference. But his players really haven't gelled the extent many people suspected so that gives arizona a chance uh to, to go into the northwest and steal one
0: all right we'll see if that is the case again we talk on with matt zimmick here follow him at twitter uh, easy enough to remember, at Matt Zimick, Z-E-M-E-K. Love his insight. It's college basketball coast to coast. Uh, we're in conference play in January, so we're back. We've got shows. We've got live games coming later in the year all the way through March, all the way through the Final Four in the ATL at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Looking forward to all of it. Um, all right, so I'll back up a night to Wednesday night. Uh, Cole Center, Madison, Wisconsin, Wisconsin and Illinois. Again, you write for the Badger Wire site for USA Today. Uh, the Badgers here at home, uh, nine and five on the year playing Illinois. And you're very interested, uh, in this matchup. Tell us why we should pay more attention here to a Lion Eye, Wisconsin on Wednesday evening, depending on when they're hearing us.
2: Yeah, so you know Wisconsin. For those who haven't been following Wisconsin basketball too closely, the Badgers were five and five through ten games, and they looked like an NIT team. And then uh, the NCAA finally allowed Micah Potter, the transfer from Ohio State, uh, to play. Uh, he played in the December 21 game against uh, Milwaukee, and then uh, December 28 against Tennessee and then uh, this past against Ryder, and then uh, this past Friday against Ohio State. But the thing is, Potter's not playing big minutes. He played just 11 minutes against Ohio State. And yet, if you talk to people who follow the Wisconsin program closely, they'll say even those 11 minutes, they allow forward Aleem Ford to not have to play a bigger man, to not have to defend a bigger man. So it, it changes the Wisconsin rotation such that the, the various defensive players aren't given the toughest possible assignments. Potter is just able, has adjusted the rotation a little bit, and that little bit has, has been a big deal for Coach Greg Gard. And some of the other role players on Wisconsin, such as Tyler Wall, scored only four points against Ohio State, but he, five offensive rebounds, a couple steals, a couple assists. They're, Wisconsin is beginning – to become what we remember under Bo Ryan, uh, that glue guy team, that annoying team, the team you don't want to play, the team that's going to make all the hustle plays, not going to shoot the ball great most nights, but will be so disciplined on defense and on the glass that you're just not going to get many good shot opportunities. So so Wisconsin got one of those hard fought uh, rock fight type wins, 61-57 in Columbus. And you know, very few Big Ten teams have been able to win road games so far this season. So Wisconsin already has a high-value road win in the Big Ten. So Wisconsin is, is in the process of going from an NIT team to an NCAA team. And then the opponent for Wisconsin also seems to be making that same journey. You know, we wondered if Brad Underwood, who had a terrible first two seasons in Champaign, would be able to eventually get this thing turned around for the Illini. And it seems as though he's doing precisely that. A blowout over a struggling Purdue team is the kind of result accompanied by a December win over Michigan, which shows that Illinois is beginning to figure things out. So you have two teams that uh, are headed in the right direction, and they meet on Wednesday. That's a very compelling ballgame for me.
0: Well, and the Illinois win is not just a decisive win. They held Purdue to 37 points. Uh, hello. In the shot clock era, the three point shooting era to beat them 63 to 37, off the heels of being beaten badly themselves, Illinois by Michigan State. Late last week, they came in. Uh, On Sunday and won easily in Champaign. So that's an intriguing Big Ten matchup, Illinois-Wisconsin, depending on when you're hearing issue, Again, you may already know that result that it was a great game or a one-sided game uh, between Badgers and Illini as we march on here on college basketball uh, coast to coast. Uh, all right, Matt Zimick. Anything else that strikes you uh, right now besides those matchups, a team, uh, a league, something along those lines? I give you the floor here to give us something else here on the program. Anything else that that strikes you?
2: I, I just want to note that it, everywhere you look, it, you know, is there anything you can really depend on in college basketball right now? Uh, you know, you might say that Michigan State at four and zero in the Big Ten. Uh, is is a is a dependable team, a team that you can trust. But I, I even think we can we should reconsider that uh, thesis because Michigan State has played three home games in the Big Ten, only one road game. That one road game was at Northwestern, and Northwestern is terrible this season. So th- there's really no obvious standout team in the Big Ten. There's no obvious standout team yet. In the Pac-12, I mean, Oregon is supposed to be that team, but we really haven't seen that team emerge yet. Uh, I think the Florida State win over Louisville was an eye opener in the ACC. I mean you know, the, the, the notion that there is a clear heavyweight team in the ACC, we don't we don't really have one. I think Louis, most people thought Louisville was going to be that team, but nope. So you know, college basketball is just uh, waiting for an elite team to emerge, and I don't I don't think that elite team is going to emerge anytime soon. It's an incredibly fluid year, and seeding for the NCAA tournament is going to be such a chore. I mean, we might say that most years, but right now, my goodness, TJ, how are you going to seed this 2020 NCAA tournament?
0: You make a good point, because it's not just the teams at the one and the two seed, but who really deserves a three? Who really deserves a four? And could you make a case that a team that you think is a three is actually like a five or a six when that committee gets together and starts meeting. And before you say, oh, well, you got to win all the games anyway, I would much rather be playing a 14 seed, obviously, as a three, than playing an 11 seed, which is more than likely like a power five. Uh, in the opening round game so we'll see seating uh, always important in the acc we always know duke is going to be good I-, I know you didn't mention this but we all know it. duke is always going to be good uh, every year they are good they blew out miami i'll be very interested off the georgia tech uh, win i mentioned this with mark a little while ago off the georgia tech win at north carolina they come back home with godzilla coming in duke what kind of game is that one here midweek? Uh, again, you may already know that answer. Maybe Duke uh, put it on them. Maybe Georgia Tech played a great game and perhaps pulled a shocker against number two Duke. Don't know, but uh, that one will be interesting to watch. And the ACC is as deep as any conference uh, right now in college basketball, which we suspect. We suspect that every year it's a basketball league. So let's see uh, how that plays out. All right. Anything else in closing here before we get out of here uh, and look ahead to the to the rest of the midweek and then towards the weekend? Anything else?
2: Well, you know, we have two months left in the in this before the NCAA tournament, TJ. But right now, we are staring at the possibility that Penn State and Rutgers are both going to be in the NCAA tournament, and North Carolina will not. That's what, how crazy. The, now are.
0: that is a note to end on. And who had that when any year began that the Nittany Lions not in football and Rutgers would be in? And the, and the blue-blood North Carolina Tar Heels. Somehow, Roy Williams always pulls it together. I mean, this team might not be a Final Four team, but they always seem to pull it together. I, I have a feeling, injury, yes, uh, to Cole Anthony, but let's see if they don't pull it together uh, before it's all said and done. And then and then the conference tournament may be a big factor, too, with some quality wins. We will see. Uh, Matt, plug away on where they can read your stuff, how they find you, etc. I love co- talking college basketball with you. Plug away.
2: So I'm at badgerswire.com for a little longer. I've been uh, filling in as the interim editor there. So for Wisconsin football and basketball analysis, and you can find me on Patreon where I will be debuting uh, my own college basketball coverage after doing, you know, doing football. I, I will be debuting my own college basketball podcast, you know, to I'll, I'll have my own show and I'll still be riding with you here on college basketball coast to coast.
0: We always love, uh, this man's insight. Again, follow him at Matt Zimick, Z-E-M-E-K, at Matt Zimick on social media, tweeting away about the college hoops. Whether it's San Diego State late night for us in the East, primetime in the West, whether it's that Arizona-Oregon game that is coming on Thursday night in the Pac-12. Again, keep an eye on Wisconsin-Illinois in the Big Ten for Wednesday night. Well, we do do we do our best to cover all of it coast to coast. Matt Zimick, thank you. Enjoy the hoops. Happy New Year, and we say Happy New Year to everybody here again. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcast, however you found it through social media link, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. From Mark Wise, from Matt Zimick. I'm merely TJ Reeves, and uh, keep watching, keep listening. Uh, here to us with all that's going on. The March to March is on on college basketball coast to coast.